Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Good Tuesday, everybody. Morning, everybody. Welcome into the live stream. I'm Michael Borky. That was uh, off to a great start, but glad to be with you nonetheless. Quick warning. Uh, I do have the little guy here at the house by myself at the moment. Uh, got word party on. Uh, word party. The party's just begun. There's a word for what you're going to have in. That word is fun. As you can see, I, I I see a lot of word party. So hopefully that distracts him and he doesn't come here and rip the curtains down again. But he seems to be enjoying himself in there. So hopefully that keeps him at bay. But if you hear some uh, happy singing from a group of friends that are an elephant, a jaguar, I think, uh, a kangaroo, and a turtle that speaks Mandarin, uh, sorry, that's uh, in the background there. So hopefully, hopefully that doesn't distract you too much. I mean, we're trying to get the kid to learn how to talk, and they're sitting here trying to teach him Mandarin. I don't know. I feel like we should get English down first. But anyway, welcome in, and uh, glad to see you. Today, I'm going to talk about football coaches and their job status, because I noticed something yesterday. I noticed something yesterday, and honestly, I, I think it's I think it's inappropriate. It, Premature may be a, a better word. So we're going to talk about that today. Stop talking about firing your football coach, specifically, of course, Mississippi State fans, Florida State fans. Florida State's about to get themselves into something that I don't think they want to get themselves into. But we'll talk about all that right here on the stream. If you're a first-time watcher, thank you for uh, checking it out. Welcome in. Uh, I do this every weekday morning right around 8 a.m., also late, late Saturday night after the games end on YouTube. Twitter and Facebook, but find me on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, if you like what you hear, actually like the video, that would help me a ton. Of course, also follow on Twitter and Facebook and wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the morning right there, or my name should turn up results in your favorite podcast app. Uh, So I noticed yesterday that fans have really cooled hard on Mike Leach. They've really cooled hard. It's gone from this time last year, hopping on the bandwagon to uh, you can hop his you-know-what right out of town. And I, I understand where some of that's coming from. And I, I don't know how much of what I saw is indicative of the entire fan base, but I've seen the crowds for the first two home games. I, I think that it's fair to say that there is some fan unrest. And barring something crazy, there's going to be a lot of empty seats for LSU this Saturday. Now, say that out loud. There's going to be empty seats. For the LSU game in Mississippi State. And they have a winning record, too. Uh, and there's going to be empty seats. That, that's, you know, atypical. And we've talked about before that that's not the only factor. COVID has really expedited the fans aren't showing up as much anymore process. But very clearly, based on some of the tone we got yesterday on the radio show, that state fans have completely cooled on Mike Leach. And... um For a few reasons, obviously, uh, it's not looking good right now offensively, and that's kind of what you hire him to do is have an electric offense, and they are nothing but. They're boring. They're predictable. They're not good enough on that side of the ball. Three games into his second year, and last year was a weird COVID year, but still, I mean, you hire Mike Leach to have 
offensive success, and they have not had offensive success relative to their competition outside of the LSU game last year, where Bo Pelini decided to run a bunch of man-to-man, which the air raid will kill that. Everybody else since then has gotten smart and realized that we're going to put eight in coverage and dare Will Rogers to beat us, and he can't do it. Either could KJ Costello. So I, I get that. And also, we heard from a lot of people that were angry that he wasn't during the game on Saturday when all that stuff was going on. But here's the thing. If Mike Leach is telling the truth, and I believe him, by the way, because this isn't the first time that this has happened, he was told that every scoring play is reviewed. So there was no need to call for one or whatever or call timeout because they already looked at it in the booth. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. Incorrectly heard that before. Uh, Just last year. Similar situation. Play wasn't or was called a certain way on the field, uh, but they determined that the kick returner didn't touch the ball, even though it was clear as day. And they told the Ole Miss coaches that they reviewed it, and they clearly didn't because if you would have reviewed it, you would have seen what everybody else saw, and that was he touched the ball, and Ole Miss ended up losing the game. If the officials actually reviewed, they would have seen everything that the SEC admitted to yesterday. So if if you're Mike Leach, I, I don't think that's fair to criticize him for not being mad if it is in fact true that he was told they reviewed it because what are you going to be mad at at that point? I mean, you have to take their word for it. You're not going to say, no, you didn't. No, BS. And no, you can't do that. They if, if the official comes up to you and says, we reviewed it, nothing there, what are you going to do as a coach? Uh, So I don't think that's a fair criticism of Mike Leach, honestly. It's, oh, he didn't get mad enough. Well, he was told they looked at it. What else do you want him to do? You want him to just blow a gasket and get a 15-yard penalty or whatever and and make it even harder on his team? Uh, uh, That's misdirected blame, in my opinion. But I I understand, and and everybody's kind of um, restless. And I get it. Because I tell you guys, I've told you guys, after every game, except for the LSU game last year, the offense is not good enough. It's not good enough. And right now, a big problem with Mississippi State is it's boring. It's not even losing exciting. It's losing boring. It's predictable. It's not explosive. It's the same. It's kind of a bland brand of football right now, today. You're not wrong about that, but I do think right now, I have seen and heard from enough state fans to believe that at least some of you think this way. We need to stop talking about firing him. We need to stop that conversation right now. It is incredibly premature, and there are some outside factors that also should stop this conversation. But I heard from that yesterday. I've seen some of it, and of course, Twitter is not a great indication whatsoever. Neither are message boards, but... There are Mississippi State fans that are on Twitter and message boards that say how they feel, and we heard some of it on the radio show yesterday. We need to stop having that conversation. I don't know how many of you it is. I don't know if it's 50% of the fan base or 75 or 5%, but there is some faction of state fans that want to talk about termination, and we need to stop having that conversation, especially because you don't want to be Florida State. You don't want to be Florida State. Uh, I read an article this morning that said there is momentum right now for not only Florida State to fire Mike Norvell, but for Deion Sanders to to be the head coach 
at Florida State. And while I anticipate great recruiting there, um, that's what it would be reduced to. A guy that has a spring season and one fall season in the FBS as head coaching experience. That That's what it would be. And I have, not that Florida State fans listen to me, because why would they? Uh, but what they are about to engage in will be program cratering. It will be. Places like Florida State are so filled with hubris that they truly believe they can hire a coach, fire him after 18 months, a successful coach at other places, by the way, fire him after 18 months, then go hire another coach that was successful at the group of five level, and then fire him after less than two years and have a quality candidate list. Think about that. Even a place like Florida State wouldn't happen like that. Look at Tennessee. I think Florida State's a better job than Tennessee, but Tennessee's in the SEC East. They have a big fan base. They have all kinds of money. They recruit well. They have a history of success. Look at what Tennessee's coaching search was. That's the same thing that's going to happen in Tallahassee. And with all due respect, Florida State is a more attractive job than Mississippi State. And you watch. When Florida State moves on from Mike Norvell, Unless they just go hire Dion, because he'll say yes right away. Oh, excuse me, Coach Prime. Because um, he'll take that job right away. But on their list, they'll have a name like Billy Napier. He's not taking that job. Zero percent chance. Uh, they'll put Luke Fickle up there. No, no shot. They will have to go. They'll get to somebody at some point. But they'll have to go down that list. You don't want to be Florida State. Because Florida State's about to embark on a journey that they're not prepared for. And you'll see it play out in real time. It will crater your program. You do not want to be known as a place where you hire. You Like Joe Moorhead on paper, guys, was a great hire. Just didn't work. But he did go 8-4, and 6-6 and six and, six and beat Ole Miss twice, and you fire him. And then you bring in Mike Leach. A guy that has two decades worth of success at traditionally difficult places to win. And if you fire him after two years, I promise you, this is how it's going to work. Nobody worth anything is taking John Cohen's phone call. Nobody. You don't want to be known as a coaching graveyard with unrealistic expectations and not patient enough to give coaches time to get their players and their system implemented you you cannot have those lofty expectations and have a quick trigger on firing a coach and expect to hire a quality candidate. Your candidate list, you'll just go ahead and mark off the top five or six because they will all say no, not because of Mississippi State. Whatever Brad Bohannon said last week was complete garbage. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not a shot on Mississippi State. Again, I, I would say the same thing about Florida State, Nebraska, Tennessee just went through it, and if you have been listening to me long enough, you know how I felt about that as well. It's the same thing. You don't want to put yourself in a position where what people think about you is a program where coaches come in, can go to two bowl games and beat your rival twice and get fired, and then 
a guy like Mike Leach, who was well-known in the coaching community as a consistent winner and give him just two years, one of which is a COVID year, where you played 10 SEC games only, in part with fewer than 50 players available at times in your SEC-only schedule, and then you fire him. You don't want to be known as that place because it will be nearly impossible to hire a quality candidate. You will have to reach. You will get said no to a million times. And on top of that, the financial implications of firing Mike Leach are probably really stretching stake to the point where they they couldn't do it. On top of all of that, so one, you don't want to become a coaching graveyard with unrealistic expectations because it, it will tarner, tarnish your reputation in the coaching community, no doubt. Um, but on top of that, I don't think it's fair to even have that conversation right now. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It was always going to be a long transition from Mullen slash Moorhead to what Mike Leach is, is wanting to do. It's not the fans' fault that you had some media that covers your program that it said that it was going to be perfect right away. Uh, I don't know why that was the case, and the LSU game really hurt that last year. Um it was always going to be a difficult transition. I compared it going into last season to Georgia Tech, going away from Paul Johnson and into literally anything else. Whoever they hired, it's Jeff Collins now, but whoever they hired was going to have a multi-year difficult time transitioning from triple option to a standard offense. I made that comparison. And it happens. It happened to be the right one. I don't get everything right, but I, I knew this was coming. You know, pat myself on the back. I, I finally got one. I knew this was coming. It was always going to be. The expectation from fans should have always been a multi-year transition that was going to have some growing pains, that was going to take some time. I know the offense doesn't look good, but in part, guys, I've defended Will Rogers for a long time. I still think he's capable, and, and, and fans should be patient with him. He hasn't made a full season worth of starts yet. But it's hard to throw the deep ball when you don't have a quarterback that's great at throwing the deep ball. There, there's personnel limitations right now at Mississippi State. There are, there are. There are personnel limitations right now that stop you from running your full offense. That's the truth. Um, that's why offensive line play is bad. And that's why, I mean, that one deep ball to Polk, like I said yesterday, he made a great play on the football. It was an incredible play. That ball was... It took forever to get there. It wasn't that long of a pass. It was deeply underthrown. That's kind of a big reason why they're not explosive because they really, it seems like they really can't be upon further review. All of this to say, there were some dishonest people. I don't know if it was dishonest. It was more blind people that told fans that it was going to be perfect right away. And you shouldn't have done that. Two years is not enough time for Mike Leach to transition away from always run, never pass to always pass, never run. It was always going to have growing pains. It was always going to take time. And two years is not enough to know for sure if this is going to work. It's not enough to know for sure. And I think it's really unfair to Mike Leach. Uh, Here I am defending a millionaire, but I don't think it's fair to him. I don't think it's fair to him and his coaching staff. I don't think it's fair to the players to expect them to be perfect right away. Has it looked good? No. Have I been critical of it? Yeah, because the offense is boring. It's not working right now. But it takes time, or at least it should. When you made the move away from Moorhead and fired Mike Leach, 
there should have been an understanding that this is going to take some time. This is going to take multiple years. I mean, last year, they couldn't have practice with position groups for longer than 15 minutes at a time because of contact tracing and stuff. And then your transfer quarterback gets hurt and a true freshman has to come in. It's just, there was so much working against Mike Leach right away. And Zach, you're right. Calling it two years is a stretch because year one is tainted. Sorry, allergies are killing me. Year one was was tainted. Um, I, I Last year, I said all year it should be looked at as year zero. Because it, it's just, it was such a unique situation. Nobody knew how to handle it. And aside from somebody's attempt to clickbait Mike Leach into uh, saying something he really didn't say about COVID last year, that one little line in a longer statement went viral yesterday and people are, you know, misrepresenting what he said. I, I You know, some people in sports media look at Mike Leach as kind of an easy target because he's out there. And also, he's campaigned for certain politicians that these writers don't like. But Leach didn't say anything bad yesterday about COVID. He wasn't a COVID truther. He was just saying everybody was talking about it all year last year, and it was kind of distracting from playing ball. I I don't think that's as bad as some people uh, made that out to be, but you know how this industry works. Um, It's not enough time to know for sure. It's frustrating. I get it. And we had one state fan, and I think, Deep down, there's a lot more that he said, if Kiffin wasn't playing so well, I wouldn't be as bothered. And there's a lot of truth to that. If Ole Miss wasn't as good looking right now as they are, I'm sure it wouldn't be as contentious. You know, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there's not. It it feels like at least for some that is the case. But right now it's not enough. There are personnel limitations at the moment. Uh, They are still transitioning the roster from what it was to what it needs to be for them. It will crater your program. Financially, I don't think you can take it on anyway. You certainly don't want to. Um, You don't want to be the program that has a quick hook like that, and that's your reputation because the next coach is not coming. The next great coach is not coming. You're in the SEC West. Eventually, somebody will say yes, but your candidate list will have to be much different if you go through this. I think the conversation needs to end especially when I've seen the photoshops of Hugh Freeze. And now I know a lot of that is joking, but not all of it. I've heard from state fans. We heard, we've heard from them on the radio show that want Hugh Freeze to be the next head coach at Mississippi State. We have got to, we really have got to um, just ease back a little bit. Everybody around here is kind of on edge. I say we as if like, you know, I'm a state fan or, or something. I'm covered, you know, I talk about your team every day. I'm very blessed and lucky to do that. But every time somebody shares a picture of Hugh Freeze photoshopped into state gear in any serious way, a puppy dies. Like that's what you need to remember. I swear. Um not only is that impractical, um, I I don't think he would take the job anyway, considering what State did to him and certain people around Mississippi State did to him while he was at Ole Miss. Um, But, man, a lot of people would have to delete a lot of stuff that they've written, whether it be in actual, like, paper book form or online about that guy. Um, That's when I know we've jumped the shark, when you're talking about hiring Hugh Freeze at Mississippi State. That's when we have completely jumped the logic train to me but 
That's just me. All right, Thomas says, uh, state football has been boring since 2017. The apathy has been building for years. Um, and, and it's showing. I mean, Ohio State had 72,000 people at their game this past Saturday. Their smallest crowd since the 70s. That's 30,000 empty seats at Ohio State. Um, so it's not just fan apathy that's leading to empty seats in Starkville, but that's part of it for sure. That's part of it. Um, I'll say I understand why. I, I don't. I don't want to fan shame. I, that's not you know. That's not up to me to do, uh, especially considering what the last two years has done to all of our financial situations, most of our financial situations. Uh, I'm certainly not going to shame state fans for not filling up the stadium on Saturday. That's not going to come from me. I get it. Uh, it's tough out there right now. But it's not only just COVID-related, and there will be empty seats for LSU. So it's been building for a little bit. That doesn't mean you um, give Leach a quick hook and make another change the way Cohen did two years ago and have that make sense because it wouldn't. Do the contracts not have a you can't fire me before X date clause? No, they have buyouts, though. That's that's the thing. Is It's the buyouts that really do that. Um, it would be a massive financial undertaking for State to do it. And I don't think they would. I mean, that, that's kind of the thing here. Is I, don't, I don't think John Cohen would do that. I don't think Mark Keenum would approve that. Because at the end of the day, I think John Cohen is tied to Mike Leach now. Because you cannot... You know, maybe baseball saves it. I've told you guys before, it shouldn't. If you think it does, it should not. Football is 15 times more important, and that's being really conservative than baseball. Regardless of how good the baseball program and how much that's working out and what a great hire Chris Limonis was, if football's not working, that doesn't matter. Um, Mike Leach is tied to John Cohen because an athletic director cannot make a third football coach hire. Not if the, the two previous didn't work. If the two previous left for better jobs and they were winning, whatever. But if you fired a coach for not winning and then fired a the next coach for not winning, you're not making the third hire. But you, you, you can't. So somebody else will be doing that. John Cohen's tied to Mike Leach, I think. Unless you guys are really just happy with your baseball program, I think Cohen is tied to Mike Leach. And so they're going to see this through. Financially, I don't think they can't anyway. And Thomas, this is a it's a great question, and uh, we opined over it after the Louisiana Tech game on the radio show. Is why the athletic director decided to blow up the program and redo everything. Um, there are some people that think that it was a, a an emotional response to Lane Kiffin. I know state fans don't believe that, um, but you know that that is that has been one reason why. It is tough to make a move from Joe Moorhead, which, again, I know I know everything that went down, and I know that they had the number one defense in college football and went 8-4 and four with that number one defense. However, Joe Moorhead did go 8-4 and four and 6-6, six and six, went to two bowl games, and beat Ole Miss twice. That did happen. It wasn't, wasn't that bad. You know, maybe, yeah, you hear people talk about internal locker room culture and stuff like that. Um, I think a lot of that comes from spin now when you're hearing. Uh, I, I've heard that some people that work in media say that the um, 
the culture was so bad, so bad, that that's why they're losing games. And, and Leach needs years and years because the culture was just so bad. It's going to take so long to clean it up. And I think that's spin. I do. Um, that is a good question. Is why you felt the need to blow everything up and kind of get away from what was working for you. The Mullen style was working. It was. And again, Moorhead, for all of the faults, went to two bowl games and beat Ole Miss twice. Going to bowl games and beating Ole Miss is all state fans have ever really asked for. You know? Um, I think as far as program status like in the hierarchy of college football you guys have great perspective of what you want your program to be i haven't heard from a single state fan that says like championship or bust or whatever you just want to have a good entertaining product that wins games you know it's not gonna be the best team in america because there are resource limitations around here but but beat Ole miss win more than you lose go to bowl games and we'll support you till the end a lot of you feel that way and that's great perspective. Um, that is an interesting question. There are people around here that will say that it was a response to Ole Miss hiring Lane Kiffin. You can choose to believe that or, or not. I'm not going to try to convince you one way or the other. But it wasn't bad. Again, maybe the internal locker room culture was so, so, so terrible that it had to get blown up. Maybe that was the case. Um, but the product on the field wasn't, wasn't that bad. Wasn't great. Wasn't that bad, though. William says, that's the problem. It stayed always worried about Big Brother. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, the comments are... They're going to get ugly, William. Uh, I'm just kidding. Zach says, if women's basketball was still dominant, I would think he could survive because two annual title-contending programs can buy you a lot, but that's gone. State's a unique place. Because baseball carries more weight than basically everywhere else in the country. And win- and same thing for women's basketball. I don't want to disagree with you because uh, maybe that's enough. If that is reality, though, like if the women's basketball program was still like a top 10 program in America and stuff like that, but football was still a disaster, that shouldn't be enough. If it was, it should not be. Football is everything, you know, everything. Um Many, many, many times over more important than even baseball. And I'm not diminishing the baseball team winning the national championship. You guys have been watching it. Those of you who have been watching this from day one, you know how great that run was and what I thought about it. Football is just the only thing that's making money. You know, it's the driving force of the athletic department. Without football, baseball wouldn't even exist on that campus. So. If that is the case, it should not be. It's, I mean, interesting times. I, I get it. I, I get the frustration. I would be frustrated if I were in your shoes. I said it yesterday. I would be frustrated. The offense is not explosive. It's not good enough. It's possible that this is another year where they have a losing record. It's possible. It doesn't look good right now. Fans are restless, and I get it. And... You can't ignore the fact that Ole Miss is playing well, and that leads to additional frustration. But those people talking about firing Mike Leach, I, I think it's premature. I don't think it's fair to him. I think that's bad for your program. We just don't know yet. 
it was a total philosophical change, and, and we simply just don't know yet uh, if it's going to work or not. He needs time. He needed time at Washington State. Hell, his first four years, right? At what? And yes, I'm aware that Washington State is not in the SEC, but Washington State's in a similar pecking order in the Pac-12 that State is in the SEC. And at Washington State, in the first three seasons at Washington State, he went three and nine twice. At Texas Tech, he went seven and six and seven and five before 2002 and where they won nine games. But at Washington State, it took them four years, took Mike Leach to, to year four to show that he was the right guy there. They went three and nine, six and seven, three and nine. But they were patient up there. And look at what happened. 2014, they went three and nine. Then they won nine games, eight games, nine games, 11 games, six games. Get, you, you have to give more time. Two years is not enough. William, uh, I think three. I think you have to give at least three, or you should. And even then, still, I would be patient. It's tough. It's frustrating, I know, because Mullen had you winning and ranked number one and all that. But th- th- there's a reason that Washington State was patient, and they were rewarded for that patience. You can be rewarded for that patience, too. You've just got to see it through first. It doesn't look good right now. I'm not going to try to spin it and tell you that this is acceptable. It's not acceptable. But it doesn't mean you just cut bait and end everything and pay $20 million in buyouts and tell the college football world that you can come to Mississippi State and you've got a year and a half, buddy, before we're going to send you out of town. You can't do that. You can't. That, that's not practical. So 30 minutes talking about a coaching search that won't happen this year. But – I've heard it from fans. I I felt like it was important to talk about. It is not the time to have that conversation right now. It is not the time to have that conversation. He needs time. He needs time. And in the meantime, try your hardest. Try your hardest to to support the team because they still wear your uniform, right? They still play for you. So I know it's frustrating, but they've got a big game this weekend, a winnable game this weekend. Um, LSU can't run the football right now. It can't. You can you can muddy this game up just like you did NC State. It's a winnable football game. It's winnable. So give them a shot. They still wear a uniform. Chase, and you're right. It's a lot easier for a Pac-12 program without much history to wait it out than it is to convince an SEC fan base to do it. You are exactly right. Uh, that that is the truth. Um, that's kind of why I'm having this conversation, though. <laughs> it's. Um, it's perspective day around here, I think. Um, it is harder. You're right, especially one that has tasted success. Um, there's a bull streak here. There was at one point, not too terribly long ago, they were number one. That did happen. Um, but when you hire Mike Leach, you have to do what's appropriate to see if Mike Leach will work in two years and enough time. It's not. We have sample sizes at two other stops that end up being extremely successful for him that he needs time. So give it to him. This weekend slate, by the way, sucks. Have you guys looked at it yet? This is the worst weekend so far in terms of like actual games and, and quality of games and stuff like that. Nationally, you have Notre Dame, Wisconsin, which, you know, you've got the brands and stuff. That's at 11 a.m. alongside the state game. Um, 
but it's going to be a bad football game. Neither offense is worth really anything. It'll be a great environment, but actually, I think that's in Chicago, right? Or neutral site, I think. Anyway, um, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Clemson at NC State like are your most attractive national games. The slate in the SEC is awful. So you have LSU State, which is interesting. A&M, Arkansas at 2.30, which will tell us a lot about both of those teams. But it's A&M, Arkansas, State, LSU, Georgia's at Vanderbilt, Missouri's at Boston College, Georgia State's at Auburn, Tennessee's going to lose to Florida by four touchdowns in Gainesville. Kentucky, South Carolina is a game that nobody's going to watch. And with all due respect to you, Southern Miss, I mean, what's the line? 44 and a half. Ooh, 44 and a half in Tuscaloosa for uh, for Southern Miss. That's your football weekend. This is a great weekend to uh, knock some honeydew stuff out. When state ends around 3 o'clock, go knock some stuff out. You know, run some errands, do something like that. Um, because this weekend sucks. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all, guys, if Clemson went to NC State and won. Would you? Or and lost? Would you? With the way they've played, they've been awful. I, I was so high on DJ Uyongalile. Uyongalile, DJ. I was so high on DJ going into the season because in the games he played in last year, he looked exceptional. He went to South Bend, a playoff team last year, and threw for a billion yards and looked comfortable and just really sharp. And right now, his offensive line isn't very good, and he's bad right now. I'm shocked. I'm truly shocked at the way Clemson looks so far this year. Shocked. Uh, I would not be surprised if they went to Raleigh and lost. Seriously, that's how bad they've looked. Um, Just awful. I'm really surprised by that. Williams says, Saturday's game, classic old-school wrestling match. Loser leave town, LSU coach O State, Coach Leach. It's a big one for Ed Orgeron. My gosh, he has to win this game. He has to. Um, If he loses to State, he's losing, what, four more games at least, and he'll be gone. Yeah, he's got to have this one. Um, But I'm telling you, man, it's a winnable game, I think, for State. Uh, With Arnett's defense and the way the front six has been playing, I think they can win this game. LSU's really struggled to run the football. Um, you saw what UCLA did to them physically. State can control the line of scrimmage and really muddy that game up. That's what they. That's what you want if you're a State fan. You want this game to be muddy because I think they can win a muddy game with how good they are on that side of the ball. Chris says, Clemson is so underwhelming. How are they holding their ranking like they are? How about Oklahoma as well? So let's, uh, let's look at these rankings. Yeah, um, Clemson's only holding it because of uh, preconceived notions. That's it. Nothing that you've seen on the field from Clemson this year is a, a team that should be ranked number nine in America. Same thing with Oklahoma. Tell me why Oklahoma right now should be ranked ahead of Iowa. Seriously, preconceived notions. That's it. Spencer Rattler's inconsistent. Oklahoma's offense in total, I think they're lacking weapons, and they're not physical. They're really susceptible on defense. I I, I think Oklahoma's going to lose possibly two games in the Big 12. I am not a I don't like that team at all. Um, I don't think they're a championship contender. Um, Them being number four, I think, is just wrong. There's no reason to have Oklahoma ahead of Iowa right now. There's no reason to have them ahead of Penn State. I mean, here's your Max Kellerman take of the day. There's no reason for Oklahoma to be ahead of Ole Miss right now. None. None at all. Uh, Clemson, Ohio State being at 10 right now is a joke. 
Sorry, it just that's the truth. It's preconceived notions. They have not looked like the number 10 team in America. If Ohio State and Florida played each other right now, Florida would win by multiple touchdowns. But Florida's behind them. Preconceived notions. That's it. Uh, that's it. So that's how these rankings work, man. It's it's a shame, really, that we have people that that vote that don't know what the hell they're looking at. Two AP voters kept Ole Miss completely off of their ballot. Completely off. How do you do that? Um, it's a joke. And uh, the playoff committee does a much better job uh, than this. They, they do. But uh, Oklahoma being at four is preconceived notion. Clemson being at nine is preconceived notion. Ohio State at 10 is preconceived notion. Those three teams have not looked like they're ranking at all. Yeah. Spicy Kellerman take. Yeah, well, the day I get my own radio show, we will have a segment every day that will be called the Max Kellerman take of the day. That will happen. Um, and every day I will put out the spiciest take that I can think of every day, and it will be the Max Kellerman take of the day with a little sounder where he says he would take Andre Iguodala to shoot a game-winning shot over Steph Curry. I, I've, just, I, I've got this all planned out, ready to go. It'll be great. But stop talking about firing your coach. It's impractical right now. Um, try, try to muster the energy to enjoy yourself uh, this weekend. Very important game for both coaches there as well. This weekend slate sucks. It's really bad. Uh, again, after after the 11 a.m. games, watch Texas A&M Arkansas as well. But like you know, take your wife somewhere nice uh, this weekend because this slate is not good, not good at all. So anyway, what week does the playoff committee drop their rankings? I don't know. I think it's after week six. I, I believe. I don't know for sure, uh, but it's it's in a few more weeks. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, everybody. Uh, Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, like the video. I would appreciate that very much. Thank you guys for tuning in. Sorry for getting preachy this morning, but I think it's important to not have that conversation. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. I'll be on the radio this afternoon, of course, and I'm back with you guys again tomorrow at 8. Y'all have a good day, and uh, I'll talk to you then. Talk Mississippi Media Production.